Well, good morning and welcome back to Breathe, which is our, uh, which is our series in January. We're, t- we're taking a step back from the complexities and the busyness and, and the madness of the everyday, in a sense, and we are focusing on the breath, in a sense. We're, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to breathe uh, life into some of the things that really matter for our church, I think, uh, in the next 12 months. And I talked last Sunday about knowing God. And I'm not going to step back from anything I said. You know, we, we, we have to be people of the Word, right? P- people uh, who, who are in a rhythm daily or regularly of being in connection with God. And the aim we do, the reason we do that is to bear fruit, right? Now, yeah, I, I want to be really, 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 really clear. But those things are very important. And uh, we shouldn't, you know, over overthink those things they they are very important but i think it's possible to know god on a purely theoretical level maybe maybe even on a on a superficial level and i think it's possible to even come to church and tick some spiritual boxes sometimes but 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 go on living in a functional state where we live for ourselves and we just know god a little bit in the corner and that's probably dangerous territory, I've got to suggest to you. Now, by way of introduction, can I ask how many people here uh, maybe stayed up and watched the funeral for the Queen last year? Let's, let's be honest. How many of you stayed up for the whole 24 hours or, or whatever it was and watched the whole thing? The, the bit that really impressed me about that funeral, um, obviously the, yeah, the, the sadness of the occasion, but... Having, having done my fair share of marching over the years, I was really impressed by those people who, who meticulously and carefully carried the Queen's coffin in and out of buildings and, and all that sort of thing. Like there, was this, there, was, there, was this, there was this completely meticulous rhythm to their preparation and they did it all perfectly in sync with one another. They did it with the bagpipes going in the background. They did it with, the, you know, with, that, with that drum beat in the background. Their appearance is perfect. Their their mannerisms, their movements, their even even, even the same distance apart. Like the just it was every step, every little piece of it was choreographed and and beautifully lined up and deliberate. Like there was a there was a, there was a sense of union to it. Like it was incredible, I thought, and and it was clear that these people hadn't just you know come together on the day and hope it was going to work. That that they'd actually specifically been selected and trained for a lifetime for this, you know, for this for this important moment, and and they did everything to to to, to in a sense honour their queen. Um, the the verse we're going to read this morning from from John seventeen is quite an amazing one. It's a very deep one, and I think I think we're actually invited into in John seventeen Jesus' prayer about. You know, his his church and his people and and even us like it it lets us in in a sense to his deepest motives. Jesus first prays in John seventeen that what he's about to do, like his 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 death on the cross, that it will accomplish all that God wants it to. That 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 it will be um, you know the you know, it will bring freedom for people. He he prays for his disciples because. Th- even though they live in a terribly divided 
and a terribly, you know, um, hostile world. That they would, he, and he prays that they would, that, that they would be, be, be just perfectly united, like he and his father were united. He prays that they would be sustained and protected from Satan for the mission that they're going to be called to. This is, this is really important stuff. And then, he, and then at the end, he, he stops and he prays for all the future believers, which includes us, I think, today. And this verse is, is I think, a really, really deep one, but also a really good one for us to grasp. Verse, verse 21 says, I, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. So, so, so Jesus and his Father are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and then listen to this, and may they be in us, in, in us, right? So that the world will believe that you sent me. Notice, notice that in us. Uh, the, the message translation says, so, so that they might be of one heart and one mind with us. Now today, I'm not going to get into talking about unity in the church, even though that's really important and it's a discussion for another day. But, but, but what I want you to notice in, the, in that little passage there is God's intention with humanity is not that, that, we, you know, that, you know, that, that God just tolerates us enough or likes us a little bit to to maybe get some of us into heaven, okay? God, God doesn't intend for us to, to go on living a largely self-focused life and to know a little bit of God. He, he, he actually in call, he, he calls us into a, a place of deep union and deep calling with Him where we... Where we become united with Him and we live out of that place. You see, I, th- I think knowing God is important and those daily practices are, are important. But that, but that daily rhythm of, of being united with God is, is even more important. Okay? It's, it's made possible, possible because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Okay? I reckon this is this is also reflected in some verses from Romans eighteen, sorry Romans eight, that, that talk about life in the spirit compared to life in sin. Okay, the the verses say from verse fourteen, for for all who are led by the spirit of God are now. I want you to notice the progression here. All who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now, we call him Abba, Father. It's a deeply relational term. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since, we're not, since we are his children, we are also his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. I just, I just want you to notice that progression that, that went on there, okay? We, we no longer live as slaves. We no longer live as just orphans. We, we're actually invited into the fullness of God's Spirit and we're, and we're adopted into the family of God as, as His children. And we're... 
We're invited into a relationship with a deeply relational God. And it's the picture in, in that verse of, of a God who is not only all-powerful, but He's also all-approachable, right? And notice that we're not just like part-time kids with a bit of access to God. We, we, we're actually reunited with our Creator back to the way it was supposed to be in the Garden of Eden. But, but, but in being reunited, we are also heirs with Christ. So we're partners in His kingdom. And we're, we're living this life today being a beneficiary of the inheritance that one day will be ours. Now, look, the, the best illustration that I can come up with to, to make even some, some sense of this, um, it's completely fictional, by the way, so don't, don't get any, into anything political, but it's this. Back, back a couple of years ago, there was, there was a whole movement over in, over in the US to, to build a wall across the bottom of the southern border between the US and, and Mexico. And you, you might imagine, hey, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a couple of... A couple of kids, maybe, maybe a girl and maybe a boy. Maybe they're six or seven years old or, or, or a bit younger or whatever else. And they've come across illegally and they're lost. They've, they've got no family. They've got no, uh, no, no support structure. They've got no place to belong. They, they, they struggle daily to get by. And as a last resort one day, they're like, you know what? We've, we've, we've done this in our own strength. But they walk into the White House and they say, Look, you know what? We, we've tried this out. We, 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 need to, we need to go home. You can, you can deport us. You can feed us. I don't care what you do. Just do something with us, right? Instead, they, they are not only welcomed into the White House, they're, they're welcomed into the Oval Office. And the President walks in and he says, You know what? I'm not of the opinion just to leave you uh, loitering around my country. Okay, that's, that's not the sort of life I want for you. I, I, I want to actually sign, sign a bit of paper that makes you citizens of our country. And not just citizens of our country, I'll, I, I'll even take it a step further and I will make you today part of my family, which means that this White House belongs to you. What, what happens to me now happens to you because you're part of my family. Okay? This, this, is a, this is the place that you belong to now, right? And not only are you a member of my immediate family, but you are an heir of everything we are working on. The, the building of the greatest kingdom in history, God's work. He's, he's, he's saying, hey, kids, your name's on the will. Like, you, like what, what I own belongs to all of you once you're in my family. And everything I own one day will be shared with you. It's a, it's a gift beyond anything you can imagine. It's a gift that you did nothing to deserve and it's only made possible because of, because, because of Jesus. Okay, But, but with this new identity, we, we've got to figure out what it means to live and to operate and to work in the White House. We've, we've got to understand and come to terms with who we are and what does life look like with this whole new power and this whole new access to God that I've got? Church, church I, don't, I don't know if, if, if any of what I'm saying is making any sense, but, but let, me just, let, me, let me just say this. 
some of us need to come to terms with the idea and the significance of what Jesus has made possible for us. Because I think once you do, it is meant to change your entire existence. Now, now, now look, here's the, here's the catch. And there is a catch. You can't go on living for yourself once you're involved and invited into the inner sanctums of the White House. I'm just using that as an illustration, remember, okay? In fact, you know what? What's, what's the point of working so hard to try to keep control of a piece of dirt in the here and now that I can never keep compared to the guaranteed heavenly reward of a glory that I can't lose? Okay, so I just, I just want to su- suggest today that maybe, maybe some of you have never not- noticed some of those words in that sermon or some of those words in that text before and maybe you need to go home today, read that again and, and come to terms with what Jesus has done for you and rethink your whole life and priorities in terms of what He has accomplished. Now, but if you now look, now look if you if you're still with, with me here today, if you're still okay, I, I think I know where you're going with this. Let, let me just share a couple of comments as we start the year about the journey of change and the journey of discipleship and that and this journey of being united with Christ. And it is a journey because it takes a lifetime. Okay, that the first the first thing I want to say is that there is a unity of identity that needs to happen. Romans 8 says, for his spirit joins with our spirit to, to affirm that we are God's children. You know, you know like Paul uses these very relational words to describe God's intent. He talks about adopted children, sons, daughters, heirs, inheritance. Some of you today Know God on a very superficial level, okay? But, but when you l- come to live in union with Christ, part of that journey means that you need to live with a sense of assurance deep inside you from God's Spirit that you are not lost. You are, in fact, a child or a son or daughter of the King. You are a dearly loved son or daughter of God. Remember, remember Augustine's famous um, quote that people will re- remain restless in life until they find their rest in Him. Okay? There, there is a long search going on in the hearts and lives of every person on the planet to, to discover who they are and who and probably more importantly, whose they are. And I want to suggest today that, that, that maybe union with Christ is the place that we discover and realize that your true value and your true identity because of the cross is that I am a dearly loved child of the King. I, I belong to Him. Now, the reality though of, of living in a fallen world is that on an emotional level, many of us have questions, okay? Maybe, maybe they're ones about poor self-worth. Maybe they're, maybe they're ones about, you know, I, I wasn't loved growing up, or, 
or, you know, I've made mistakes. I've been hurt. Other people, you know, um, you know did something to me, whatever, like whatever the story might be. And here's the point. What you, what, what you need to think about is that your value as who you think you are over here compared to who God says you are are two very, very different things indeed. And at some point, you've got to start living out of the person who God called you to be and not out of the person who you were. And I, I, think, I think this is so important because, because here's the truth, that our world today will happily craft an identity for you that ultimately keeps you chained in as a consumer. I just need more. I just need this. I just need that. If I just have a good job or a good career, if, if I just have a good education, if I just have the latest flashy devices or, the, or, or, or some more safety and comfort, if I just have some more freedom from the rules and the norms and some freedom in my sexuality and plenty of relaxation time, I, I will discover all that I need, <laughs> okay? I'll, folks, I want to tell you that today in union with Christ, you, you realize that I don't need all those things that the world offers because Jesus has already filled that deep longing in my soul that I know who I am. Okay, And once you have that, once, once that actually takes place in your life, you, you never need to go looking for it anywhere else. This, the second thing I want to suggest to you is about unity of purpose. Okay, when, when, when you come into union with Christ, it makes sense that your life and the purpose for which you are living has to be brought from, from over here back into alignment with Him. Okay, And it, it means that I'm going to put aside my plans, I'm going to put aside my ideas of what life is, and I'm choosing to actually reinvent and follow Him on, on whatever journey that He's going to take me. And believe me, that's going to be an annoying journey, okay? because it's got plenty of blind corners. It's got plenty of things that you didn't see coming, or stuff you didn't expect. But it's okay because in God's providence, he's, He works all things for His good. Okay, Union with Christ means, means starting each day saying, Lord, I, I want to live and I want to work and I want to love people the way that you did. And I want to surrender the way that I do things and I want to bring them back into alignment with how you do things and I want to be your servant and I want to use my life to serve you your way, okay? Now, I'm not going to put aside, you know, I'm going to put aside my own path and I'm going to pursue him instead. This, is, this, this really is foundational stuff, okay? And it doesn't mean that God wants you all to become a pastor or work in a church, although if that's where he calls you, well, you know, just well, go for it, okay? But, but he does want you invested in your life in the things and growing into the person that he has called you to be and not who you think you should be you know part, part of that daily union with jesus is that i'm seeking daily repeatedly to bring my life more and more and my existence and my purpose back into line with with his 
The, the third thing I want to mention here this morning is unity of mission. And this is a, bit, this is a little bit related to, uh, to, to purpose, I guess, as well. J- Jesus just prayed that our union with Christ would result in what? He, he prayed that, that, that the union we have with Christ and with one another would result in the world will believe that, that Jesus is who he says he is. Okay? Romans 8 also mentions that the goal is, is not to get people over the line of salvation or not to get people in the doors of your church. It's, it's to actually embrace a union with Christ and embrace your role as an heir of the King where, where you join the family business, in a sense. Okay, Where you join the family business, you join the family kingdom-building effort and you make a difference in that sphere. Okay? Your, your union with Christ means that church is not a place that you show up to or a service that you come and attend. It's a place that you contribute and a place that you belong. It, it means that mission is not a cause that we support or we, or, or we send somebody else on. Mission is a lifestyle that we come on board and we join. Okay? Coming into union with 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 Jesus on so many levels means that I start owning his mission as my mission and I bring my ideas and plans into alignment with his and where everything I do is an investment in that kingdom. I was I was looking this week just just at our at our church and just that um that summary document of our of our plans and principles and purposes and all that sort of thing. I, I noticed that we had written down there, honouring God, loving, you know, like, like people matter. We love people, right? And we make a difference. And what it struck me, struck me was that, that the people that we love, the people that we serve, the people that we invest in, even the people that we disciple are not a problem, okay? The people that we love and serve and disciple and invest in are one day the fruit of that inheritance that we get to join, that belongs to us. You know, p- part of union with Christ means I've got to actually adopt His mission as my mission. And it's something we've got to give our all for, okay? It's, it's worth supporting. It's worth jumping on board. It's worth investing in financially. It's, it means that all of my life must come from here and it must come into union with where he is going. And it must, my, my life must be lived to that end. You know, I'd love to sit here today and talk about maybe um, un, unity in prayer, where we follow Jesus' example and we pray continuously about his kingdom and not necessarily for ourselves, okay? There's probably a whole other sermon in that. There's probably a whole other sermon also in the concept of unity with Christ in our suffering, okay? Jesus says all this as he's about to go to the cross. And he talks about his union with God and the the reason that he is doing what he's doing. And And I think there is probably some application that we could draw there in terms of how we view the suffering and how we view the difficulty of stuff in this life in God's perspective and how we see it from what He's trying to teach us 
okay? Because those, because those hard times are meant to be times where in union with him that they actually make sense, even though they're difficult, even though they're challenging. Can I, can I, can I, can I just, I'll just summarize all these questions about identity and purpose and you know, mission and prayer and suffering by saying that Christ invites us in union with him to, to, to actually bring our lives into alignment over and over with his plans. And it's only when we, when we do that that we find eternal life. I think if you go back to verse 3 of chapter 17, you find that this is eternal life, knowing God and, come and bringing myself into relationship with him. But Bonhoeffer said that union with Christ, true union with Christ, is not a job to be undertaken. It is a daily reality to be embraced and celebrated. Okay? Now, God, God does not just exist on some superficial level to, to be known or studied. He, he actually, through the cross, calls us to bring our very lives and our very existence into a place of deep union with Him. Okay? He, he calls us to repent of our sin, to leave behind our sin and our mistakes and our shame, and to embrace His call. But that, but that call to union with Him also is the call to lay down the pursuits of our self-worth, to lay down the pursuits of self-promotion, to lay down the pursuits of all the other kingdoms that we can be building on and start pursuing His kingdom instead. Okay? And I share this today simply because of a profound concern, I guess, that maybe there's people who... Who, who might know about God. And maybe you know about what sort of God is like and maybe even what God did, but you've never actually made that decision where you bring your life and your circumstances in, into union with His and where you surrender your life to Him. And I just want to tell you today that He, you know, that he waits. He, he longs for you to bring your life into alignment with him to discover your identity to discover your purpose to discover your mission and i think it's that church i reckon it's that church in real unity and real purpose with him that has the power to probably transform and reshape this world and turn it upside down i wonder if there is a a time in our journey of, of faith to like, like, like in that game of poker. I, I, I'm going to take all my chips and I'm going to push them into the center. And, and, and I'm all in. I'm all in. Okay? I wonder if that's your next step today. I wonder if your next step maybe this, this week, maybe if you already know God, is to, is to go deeper. T take that step of faith. Take that step maybe, maybe of baptism. You know, that, that baptism is a public sign of union with Christ. If you've never been, never been baptized, I'd love to talk to you about it. Maybe, maybe you've got to take a, a spiritual gifts assessment. Maybe you've got to step up, step up into, a, in, into a leadership role or a serving role, okay? 
But what's the step of union? What's, what's the step that God wants you to take into a greater sense of union with him? Let's pray. God we, God, God, we thank you that you're not a God who just allows us to know you a little bit. You're a God who, who dreams of and who wants union and deep relationship with your people. God, you call us not to be out there somewhere. You call, you, you call us close to be part of your family. And God, to view our lives and to view our circumstances as an investment today in the, in the joy of building a kingdom that will never end. And so, Lord, I want to pray today, God, for our church, that we might, that we might actually embrace this call of God of following you and giving you our all serving you for the best with our best giving to you financially and in and in other ways with our best well i want to pray that you might move us and shape us and push us into a place lord jesus where you can use us to accomplish your purposes and lord i want to pray god God, particularly for people today who who maybe have a plan about where god is leading them and a and an idea about what that looks like, but it's clearly not yours. And it's not working. And I've got to go back to the drawing board. And I've got to, I've, I've got to let God's purpose shape mine. And I want to pray, God, today for that, God, for that moment of surrender. That, that moment of where we, where we kneel in your authority. We, we kneel at the foot of the cross and we say we're willing to take your journey we're willing to take your, we're willing to follow your calling. And we're willing, to, more importantly, to surrender all of the stuff that we've got and the stuff that we've acquired and the life that we've got and to bring it into alignment with where you are. Well, that, that's, a, that's a hard journey to give away all the things you've got for something you can't lose. But I want to pray, God, God, for those humble and um, people, God, with humility, with hearts who are ready to do that deep work and to allow God into true union with, with them. But I pray that you would use those people, use those people who, who invite you in wholeheartedly to see life change and to see transformation in the people around. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.